Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Well, there hasn't been a more controversial story in global horse racing this week, this year, hell, maybe this decade. Very elegant. 11-time Group 1 Caulfield and Melbourne Cup winning champion mare barred from a start in one of the world's most world's pin-up races. The Prix d'Arc de Triomphe. How did we get here? How was this not forecasted? And ultimately, how could a great of the turf be given this treatment? All great questions that we don't have the answers to. So let's head to the scene of the debacle. Paris and catch up with international racing guru and journalist Andrew Hawkins. Evening to you, Andrew. Uh, good evening. Good morning. It's uh, yeah, been a big, big week, that's for sure. How big is this story, is this, mate? Is, this, is it the talk of the racing community on the ground in France? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I flew into to Paris yesterday morning, and and as soon as you get there, it was it was something that everyone was talking about. Everyone's wanting to, to figure out, is she going to get a run? Is she not going to get a run? Um, the, the general consensus yesterday uh, morning was that she wouldn't get a run, and at that point, um, the, the connections of Very Elegant had to pay a late entry fee because she wasn't in the original entries, which were taken back in May. And uh, look, at, at, in the end, they decided not to pay the, the late entry fee. She would have been refunded that fee if she didn't get a start. But um, both the trainer, Francis Henri Graffard, and uh, the owners, led by Bray Sikolsky, uh, decided, look, instead they'll run in a different race uh, at Longchamp this weekend and save that late entry fee um, because it just didn't look like she was going to get a run. And the final field's been declared um, overnight your time uh, during the day here and she wouldn't have got a start. So, um, yeah, look, it's 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 quite a sensation. Um, it, it's quite an extraordinary story and I don't think anyone could have forecast that this would happen. Andrew, talk us through the reasoning around that. You've got a horse in, in this race that's only won a Group 2 in a six-horse field and you've got very elegant that's won 11 Group 1s. Is, is the French racing in danger having a massive dent put on its reputation because of leaving very elegant out? I think on the on the world stage, there's no doubt that if you can't uh, uh, perform to that level uh, and then not get a, if you if you can't get a start having performed to that level, then there's always going to be that that danger of of uh, ridicule coming your way. And and to be fair, that's coming from a number of different directions, um, not just from Australia and New Zealand. I think a lot of people um, around the world are seeing this and going, how can a horse? You know, there is always talk that Australia um, and New Zealand, that they have too many Group 1 races compared to other places around the world. But uh, it's not like she was winning nothing Group 1 races. She's won the Caulfield Cup, the Melbourne Cup. Um, you know, they're, they're the pinnacle races on the Australian racing calendar. And to, to not be recognised for that, um, I think there's there's definitely a sense that there's something that's gone wrong on this occasion. And uh, it's it's a real shame that uh, very elegant a, a horse who who was flying the flag for for Australia and for New Zealand is, is the one that's mm. that's been the the 
the horse that's been affected by this. Yeah, well, it used to be a, an Australian-run Melbourne Cup, but now it's totally international. So I don't know what the reasoning is around that, saying that it's down here in Australia and it's a New Zealand horse. They, they will come down here, try, as you know, try and win that Melbourne Cup. But at the heart of it, do you think that the rating of the French handicap has given her that 130 is reflective of where she is at her career at the moment? Look, it, it probably is, to be fair. She, she isn't the same mare that she was last year or she hasn't been this year. But again, there's there's reasons for that. I think if you look at uh, the the Sydney autumn that she came through, it was very very wet in Sydney. Um, I'm based in Sydney, and I haven't seen I haven't seen uh, rain throughout the the autumn there like that um, in a, in a long long time. So I think that um, you know while she does like it wet, it probably got too wet for her later in the autumn, and so she she struggled in a couple of runs there. Then she had to make that trip over to, to France. She ran in a race first up in France where they went very, very slowly. Um, she was at the back of the field, struggled to make grounds, but no horse would have made ground from where she was. And then last time out, she led, which is something she's never done before. So, um, look, while it, it's probably a fair racing, there's also been mitigating circumstances to that racing. And, again, it really shouldn't matter if if you've got this CV behind you. Why should, why should you... Um, need mm. to be able to be, be, be performing at your best. Um, I think that's that's one thing that uh, they do tend to criticise people about with the Melbourne Cup is that sometimes it takes in old in, into account old form, but at least a, a horse that had won the Melbourne Cup last year or a horse that had won the Prix de Triomphe last year wouldn't miss out on a run in a Melbourne Cup. So on the flip side then, is this a real dent to the rep of Australia racing that her group ones aren't being respected globally, including the Melbourne Cup? Uh, yeah, look, I, th- I think so. Um, I think it's fair to say that uh, I-, I think it's not not necessarily a dent to the reputation this happening, but I think it's a dent. I think it shows how Australian racing is viewed by by many people abroad. Uh, I think there's a there's a view that uh, uh, Australia's best horses Sweet. aren't at that level abroad. It's just it's, it's one of those things that I think um there's a lot of parochialism in in racing as there are in a lot of sports but i think in in racing in particular um you know you go to the united states and they think that american racing is is far and away the best the uk thinks that uk is far and away the best um they're they're only place where i think that i've found that there's probably less parochialism is probably the place that deserves it the most which is japan um and so it's it's a it's a factor that um for for, for many over here it's sort of it's 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 highlighting to them um, that Australian racing isn't as good as as what we may think it is, and and I don't think that's um, I don't think that's fair, and I think that uh, I think that rightly uh, people can probably go mm, there's there's something wrong with that with that perception. Andrew, the- there is definitely something wrong going there. Kempi, sorry, there's definitely something wrong there when Nature Strip heads up there and smokes them. So, oh, I can't believe it. Can't yeah. believe it. Okay, Kempi, sorry. No, no, that's okay. Hey, um. To just take talk a little bit about this racing style um, and the way that Very Elegant has run over there. Do you think that's probably been against her, how they've stacked them up and raced really quickly over that last 600, as they do in the in the arc when you watch it? Um, or is it just the grounds haven't really suited her? What do you, what do you think, Andrew, has been her, her main deterrent? Um, I think it has been the way these races have been run has been that uh, that downfall, especially that first run. Um, you actually can look at look at the the splits she's run late in that first up run, and she's actually run tremendously well. But but because it looks bad on paper, and and I mean the handicapper gave her a, a poor mark for that. 
um, you know, that's that's one of those those things that has uh, made her look potentially not as good as as what we know she is. Um, second up, again, it was it was always going to be a, a slowly run race. So Christoph Sumion decided to take the bull by the horns and go to the lead. Um, I think she she ran well there. Um, the horse that the horse that won is a horse called Irasine, who uh, I know a lot of Australians have been trying to buy because they they're convinced he'd win a Melbourne Cup. Um, and so it's 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 a it's a it's a case of just things haven't haven't panned out. But uh, look, I think she'll be hard to beat in the race she does contest this weekend, which is uh, the Prix de Roya, which is a twenty eight hundred meter Group One um, for fillies and mares only. And um, hopefully, as uh, owner Bray Sikolsky said hopefully the French racing authorities will have the egg on their face on on Sunday yeah we're hoping that happens too mate um, so you've just given us a, a little lead and she can definitely go into that group one and potentially push forward just quickly going backwards uh is it is there any fault um that needs to go to the connections of very elegant and her trainer for not seeing this coming Look, I don't think so. I don't think that they could have foreseen it at all. Um, I think even people that that know the intricacies of the way in which the field is is uh, put together, um, yeah, we're, we're shocked by this when it came out the other day. Um, I think it, it when we saw that there were still twenty six horses in the field on Monday, it did run through our minds very quickly. Um, I wonder where she'll be in the ballot, but I don't think that. We could have expected that some of those horses down the bottom, horses like Al Hakim, um, would be ahead of her. Um, it just it, it there was no logical thought pattern there that that could be that could be a case. So um, yeah, I don't I don't think that they could have expected um, that she'd be treated so poorly. I think that they rightly would have thought that. Her, her core field and Melbourne Cup wins would count for something, but uh, obviously not. Hey, Andrew, what about the value of uh, Very Elegant? Like there was talk that after she won the Melbourne Cup that she should be left down here, not taken up overseas. Um, do you think this has affected the value of Very Elegant going forward? Um, it's a good question and it's hard to know. Um, I think that uh, so certainly, there'll be still be there'll still be interest in her, and I think that um, someone like uh, Japan, Japanese uh, breeder Katsumi Yoshida, who who is a big buyer of these mares abroad, uh, he'd still pay whatever price he had to to be able to get her. So I think there'd still be interest in her. Um, I think that if she was able to get that Group One win in Europe, I think that would only enhance her value. It doesn't matter if it's a an Arc or a Prix de Royer, and it could actually be a good thing for her value if she. Uh, that, that she missed the arc and missed running, um, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth in an arc and goes on to win a group one in, in Europe, that might actually enhance her value. So it could actually end up being a good thing for connections. But um, that's that's also uh, obviously not the sporting uh, the sporting answer either and not, not what they had hoped to achieve. Andrew, you've been fantastic, mate. Louis here, and this is why we got you on. I knew you'd have all of the answers for us. Um, mate, mm. just before we let you go, back, back home, if we've got this right, You've got a, um, an interest in Durston, right, in the Metro. Um, just yeah. talk, talk to yeah, us about right. your own journey in racing, and, and let's be honest, if Durston gets a good enough track, does he just win? Oh, it's been it's been really exciting being with Durst in the last uh, the last month or so. Um, I was at Randwick. He ran last in a, a Group Three there. Uh, at the end of August, and I was I was desolate because I I knew how good he was. Um, I'd followed him since his European days. I knew I knew what he was capable of, 
and then he's come out and won the Wong Cup, the Newcastle Cup, um, won them very impressively. Um, I was at both of them, and and a picture came out overnight actually of of me going absolutely crazy in the stands, and um, yeah, absolutely remarkable. Um, I, I hope he's uh, he's able to win. He's, he looks a weighted certainty um, if he runs up to his form. I just don't know how he's going to go on a heavy track. Um, I know Chris is concerned about it. And if you watch his races, he gets this sort of daisy cutter action, which doesn't look like it will translate to a heavy track. But look, you know, he's never been tried on it, so so got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah, I, I have been very lucky. I've done a lot of things in racing. I've worked over in Hong Kong. I've I've worked on on television in Australia. Um, I do some work with High Clear Australia, which is the, the um, owners of Durston, and and they also have Breakhouse going around in the Turnbull Stakes as well. So um, potentially, potentially, if we're lucky, we might have uh, two Corfield Cup and two Melbourne Cup runners, and uh, well, that will be <laughs> that will be something on the heart. That's for sure. Oh, how good would that be, mate? I've just entered my my horse journey, and I can I can understand it's a, it's a hell of a thrill. Not that I've got anywhere near winning, but uh, mate, well done, well done, and all the best going forward. Andrew Hawkins coming on and talking to us about all things very elegant. We appreciate your insights, and thanks so much, mate. We'll hopefully get you back on soon. Cheers, guys. Have a good morning. There he is, Andrew Hawkins out of France, talking all things very elegant. I've just had my coffee delivered. Thank you, family. Love you. <laughs> all right. And uh man, great to chat. Great great to get a real understanding of what's going on. And and really fascinating to think that the North a bit like the the rugby union situation, totally. the North v the South, so much separation mm. and just it, it's quite shocking to actually think that the Melbourne Cup and the and the Caulfield Cup doesn't have any respect that it probably deserves. And the group ones, there's too many of them. What do you mean there's too many of them? There's probably not enough of them. Well there's a bit of hypocrisy. Seriously, because the, the, the Melbourne Cup now is truly international. The Aussies can't get horses in there. You know what I mean? And every every best, all the best Northern trainers come down here and bring a horse down because they want to win the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it's chicken and egg though, Kimpy, because the Australians have gone away from stayers. And New Zealand stayers, back in the day, we'd, we'd be able to turn up with five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten horses. But we don't produce good enough stayers anymore to be able to flood them with that numbers. And... It's, there's just so many different ways to spin it, but I think what Andrew is pointing out is every racing jurisdiction barring Japan is very insular, and they all think that they're the best at what they do. In Australia, it's funny, we watch a lot of Group 1 racing in Australia, and we just assume that Australia's horses are the best in the world a lot of the time. Well, Nature Ship's the best sprinter in the world, but, you know, if you're sending Animo up to the the arc this weekend a lot of people would say he wouldn't run top uh, top half of the field and you know that like fair or not it's the I guess the only way you ever find out is when you send the horses and you line them up with each other and then you've got horses in America like Flightline and and that they are the high, he's the highest rated horse in the world he's higher rated than ba- Baid at the moment so there are so many different jurisdictions and trying to stack them up and then trying to respect what they do well is really, really tough. But as Andrew pointed out, it's not good. Get the for, best from the best. It's not good for the Get global the best, game. Eh? Well, you can't yeah, have look, a, you know, for me, you can't have a group two winner with a, in a six-horse race. No. If, if you're a purist then you want to, and you want to watch the best horse and you've got a, a group 11 group one winner sitting on the outside saying he can't make the race. Like that's not a, that's not what people want to see. 
But, yeah. you know, you're talking you about... the best against the best. Well, you're talking about how the betting's been set up. You know, it's a it's a different race. It's a 20-horse betting mm. race, and they've and the handicappers have done it this way, and, it, and it's worked. But when you're saying very elegant and we're down this end and we want to support the, the Arc de Triomphe, you just... Okay, well, mate, what a joke. Uh, what a joke. You can't be a Melbourne Cup winner and not get a start. If you were at one eleven Group 1s, it's an interesting question, though, because every Group 1 is an equal, and I think that's what we're learning. Like, look at the Arrowfield stud plate tomorrow. No offence. No offence. Seriously, no offence. I don't, I don't want this to be like I'm potting New Zealand racing. So when Just Ask Me wins a liver mole, what are you going to say? Well... Mate, a group 1's <laughs> a Group 1. I don't care if, I don't care if he... That's if, right, it If is. he wins, win, wins it... And, and who's in it? It's it, a group one. It's a group one. It is. And that's right. And you can't take that away from connections. But at the same time, the pricks, uh, sorry, the arc is a group one. And we know. You're like, talking about something else then. You're going <laughs> to call them something. <laughs> <laughs> Who just asked me? No, no, no. The French. Oh, no, no. You're the, yeah, yeah, no. Well, that handicap is a prick, let's be honest. 22 minutes past <laughs> seven this morning. Uh, it raises a lot of interesting questions about the state of global racing, but that was fascinating, boys. Love that. Love that from Andrew Hawkins. Uh, he was very good. He's a sharp operator, oh, isn't he? So, so good to talk to someone that actually has that knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. You know, and we've been talking about very elegant all week to get him on. Gravy. Good get, Louis. Very good get. Yeah. Twenty three minutes past seven, uh Kimpy, you're winding up off the back fence. Oh, you're just man, starting I'll tell you what. I am Come on. I am gonna really come off it hard today. Give it to me. Get off that fence, Kimpy. <laughs> Listen up, Apples. <laughs> this one's for you. There's gotta be an investigation into this. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.